Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 228. And today we've got a very, very special guest from Digital Marketer who is going to be talking about something I don't think we've ever actually talked about here on Perpetual Traffic. The name of the show is Perpetual Traffic, right? But we haven't even talked about this form of traffic, even though that's actually how I first started. Our guest today knows a hell of a lot more than I know about it now. That's for sure. We're going to be talking about search engine optimization and the BERT update with our special guest here, Amanda Powell, who is the Director of Marketing at Digital Marketer. And you can kind of fill people in on a little bit more of what you do. But welcome to the show, Amanda. Great to have you here and great to be talking about something we've never talked about for 227 episodes. So great to have you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and excited to be talking about organic traffic. I always laugh because I like to nerd out about SEO, but We usually do a Monday morning wake-up call at Digital Marketer where we talk about anything that's relevant that's been happening in the industry. And two weeks ago when Bert came along, I had like 12 articles to contribute. Like, you guys, you let me tell you what is happening in the SEO world. This is so interesting. (laughs) And nobody quite shared your level of enthusiasm. Yeah, not quite. But I found it super interesting. And it is. Obviously, organic traffic is also a really great way to get traffic. So... Yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, it's good to actually have you on. I mean, I think as a show in general, we tend to focus on the paid side. We, I think a lot of our guests have come from the paid side. I can't actually recall anyone who's talked much about organic with the exception of Michael Stelzner, who came on and talked about the death of organic on Facebook. Oh, no. Yeah. So, which was actually oh, yes, on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. On, on Facebook, not the death of organic on Google, because that <laughs> like, is alive oh. and kicking as you know, otherwise you probably wouldn't have a job, I would guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But no, I mean, Google and it still is, obviously it's the largest search engine. It's what it dominates like 90 something percent of the market as far as search goes. It's crazy. So everyone who wants to rank or anyone who wants to rank organically, has to obviously stay updated with all the different Google updates, which I have long since stopped trying to keep updated on, which is great to have (laughs) you here. And this is a big one right now. And it's something that you guys at Digital Marketer are using pretty extensively to rank in some really cool ways and in how people are actually searching for stuff on Google. Isn't that right? Yeah. So we've preached for a long time. And I think, you know, at least white hat SEOs have preached for a long time that you have to optimize for your customers first and algorithms second. So the new Google algorithm update, I think, is essentially trying 
to help you do that. I like to think that Google is not trying to do evil specifically. I think there's some good in it, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't be in this industry. So I think the whole point of what the bird update is, is actually, you know, that they're trying to help optimize for users and not just be so focused on, you know, optimizing for very specific keywords, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I think what the old tactics were in search engine optimization. You know, it was all about keyword stuffing and changing like the color of the text on a web page so that you could stuff a page with hundreds of the same keyword over and over and users couldn't see it, but algorithms could. And Mm -hmm. that has drastically changed now. And I think, you know, maybe Google was a little bit behind and, you know, telling people to optimize for their customer, but not necessarily having the algorithms actually optimizing for the customer who's actually searching on Google. So yeah, I think that's what's really exciting about it. Yeah, I actually do find it exciting. And I think I've, we've actually mentioned this on the show a couple of times is that Tier 11, who's the, you know, the ad agency that I run and uh, Digital Marketer and Tier 11, we always remind people are two separate things, as is Molly Pittman's <laughs> business. We are not one and the same. We actually have a nice relationship, a nice friendship and a great business yeah. relationship for this podcast here. But Tier 11 actually started off as an SEO agency way back when. And this is like 2007, 8, 9, 10. And then when Facebook really changed things in 2013, we completely pivoted to uh, all Facebook because I was just getting frustrated and sick and tired of doing SEO, quite honestly, Amanda. (laughs) So I have a great amount of respect for people like yourself who not only do it legitimately, not that we did any black hat links or link wheels or uh, bot <laughs> links or did any of that kind of stuff way back then, Amanda. I mean, she's, I mean, I, many, many, many <laughs> delisted exact match <laughs> domains later. Like, none of that happened, None of that right? ever <laughs> happened. Um, so today is like a, uh, is a completely different way in which Google ranks really solid and top quality content that's going to be helpful and useful for people. And I think that's really sort of the end goal here. And for those of you who are, you know, or listening to the show and your Facebook and Instagram ad people, this is really important. And we actually talk to our customers about this quite often. In fact, we had one yesterday that we talked to specifically about this, not in anticipation of this show here by any stretch, but (laughs) how important your Google rankings are, especially for brand name searches. So if you're running Facebook ads. And I'll certainly put my Facebook you know, stamp on some of the things we're going to be talking about today. But to bring it back home to you as a Facebook advertiser, if you're advertising on Facebook and you're spending a couple hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand dollars a day, a lot of those people aren't going to buy or do what you want them to do on the first click or the first view. They will then go and Google search you. Mm-hmm. And if your name, your brand, your type of product isn't at least ranked, or at least you're not running paid ads, you know, in those top two or three spots, you're going to miss out on that traffic. And chances are your competition is going to get it, or they're just not going to buy it all. And you've wasted that ad spend on Facebook. You can obviously retarget them and all the other things that you learn here on the show. But this stuff is really, really important. And we're traffic agnostic when it comes to whatever it is that will help grow a business. We just so happen to have focused on Facebook and Instagram ads because there's 3 billion active users on those platforms. So why not focus on it? (laughs) But a big, big part of this is our relationship with Google, with other Google ad agencies, as well as our customers who have got to really lock in their SEO and and do the types of things that we're going to be talking about 
here on today's show. So listen up, Facebook advertisers, all this stuff, because it really is important. So... Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. And I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So what we're going to do today is sort of explain the concept and have Amanda explain that. And then we're going to use a couple of real world examples that you guys have done inside Digital Marketer to rank for stuff and to get traffic to those pages with top quality content and the types of things that people are really searching for. So maybe you could just give us a little bit of background on what exactly BERT is, what it stands for, why it kind of came into being and all that. And then we can get into the good stuff right after that. Yeah, absolutely. So BERT isn't like a Sesame Street character. Um, well, it is, Although I guess, is. but it's yep. also, <laughs> he is, yeah. But it's also Google's latest algorithm update. So if you have heard or know anything, you know, within the realm of search engine optimization, you know that Google generally does some form of an algorithm update at least once a year. But recently, as the search engines are starting to change more and more drastically year after year, as we kind of start to utilize a lot of different digital marketing tactics, Google's been coming out with a lot larger updates. So we had a core algorithm update, which is all just an update for the Google search results based on SEO best practices earlier this year. But most recently, as in two weeks ago, which was about the week of October 25th, Google released BERT, which is essentially their new natural language processor, which is built to help answer questions that searchers are actually asking. Mm. So it's actually called BERT for, oh, here we go. This is a mouthful, but Biodirectional <laughs> Encoder Representations from Transformer. <laughs> Yeah, but basically it's just paying attention to the questions that searchers are actually asking instead of just the like main keyword of their search query. So, you know, kind of like what we were talking about, it's essentially helping serve you better results. So one of the examples that 
was used when the news kind of broke that Google was about to start updating the search results based on this new language processor called BERT. The example was like, can I pick up a prescription for someone else at a pharmacy? (laughs) And generally what Google would serve someone is like, what times can I pick up prescriptions or like, what time is the pharmacy open or like what kind of medication can I get at a pharmacy or what kind of medication that's what would populate in the Google search results. But now it will actually attempt to give you a search result answering the actual question of, can I pick it up for someone else? So the idea is that it's actually starting to look at the smaller words within the search query, whether that be like the word a or the word two or the word the, because it's realizing that those words are important to the context of what someone searches. So essentially it's just using long tail keywords. If anyone's ever heard of that terminology, I know it's an SEO term, but long tail keywords are just keywords that are, they're called long tail because they are a longer form of a search query that is essentially more specific, but generally has lower search volume, meaning that less people search for it on a day-to-day basis within Google, but it's a higher probability for that keyword to convert because you know exactly what they're searching for. So within the SEO world, we've always been talking about long tail keywords, right? Because you want that high probability, that high conversion of a keyword. So you're optimizing for longer search queries in order to give someone exactly what they want or someone within your target demographic exactly what they want. But now Google's actually starting to use a processor in order to serve those results within the search engine results pages. <laughs> got it. Got it. So I'm going to say that again, bi-directional encoder <laughs> representations from Transformer. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. Oh <laughs> easy, right? Yeah, yeah easy super easy. <laughs> no wonder they call Definitely. it Bert. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there, this is Darren Clark, the producer of the show, and we'll have more from Ralph and Amanda in just a second. But first, if you're loving the Perpetual Traffic podcast, well, you're sure going to love this too. At Digital Marketer, we have created a newsletter. It's called DM Insider, and it's a free collection of up-to-date, informed, and actionable marketing content delivered to your inbox every Monday morning. Sign up now to receive the next edition, and you will also get instant access to 39 marketing tools, swipe files, and copy and paste templates to grow your business while you wait. So go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash insider. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash insider. All right, let's get back to the episode. So, I mean, this is really an outgrowth of how people are searching now. I mean, I I think listeners will obviously understand this. It's like last time you searched Google, you probably did it on your phone or you did it through Siri or you did maybe that little voice recognition thing inside Google itself. Like this is now reflecting the way that people actually search for information, right? Isn't that Mm -hmm. more or less? And obviously it's the rise of mobile and the rise of all these other sort of voice directed commands. And it's now a big deal. But I do remember like there was... Another update, there's so many updates in the Google algorithm. Like this (laughs) is just the latest iteration of that in an even more refined way. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just Google's attempt to essentially just hone in on searcher intent. What do people actually mean when they type in a query into that Google search bar? Got it. 
So give us an example of long tail keywords. I mean, just for those <laughs> those of our listeners who might not know, but I mean, I think it's, yes. yeah, a lot of people will know, but I mean, just, and then <laughs> sort of what you guys have done, you know, specifically, and maybe we can get into like how you actually put this whole thing together. Yeah, absolutely. So we at Digital Marketer, there's our core keywords or core keywords that you're trying to optimize for that have high search volume. And they're probably going to bring a lot of traffic to your site, but people might not be far along in the marketing funnel. And we call those like, here we call them our prime keywords or, you know, the core keywords. But then you have your long tail keywords, which are, you know, very specific to what a user wants. So for example, the term digital marketing is obviously a core keyword because our company is called Digital Marketer. So digital marketing has 450,000 searches in a month. So it's high search volume. But the term digital marketing, if someone searches that in Google, hopefully they're looking for training because that's what we'll be able to provide them. But it's very broad. That key term digital marketing is very broad. They could be searching for any number of things, right? So an example of more of a long tail keyword would be what is a digital marketing strategy? And that key term as a whole, what is digital marketing strategy has 2,900 searches a month. Now, it has less searches a month than the broader keyword digital marketing, but it's more honed in because I know exactly what they want from me, right? So it's more niche and it's easier to convert them because I know that they want to understand exactly how to build out a digital marketing strategy. So if I build a guide and then try to rank within the Google search results on how to build a digital marketing strategy, I know that I'll be able to obtain those people because I'm giving them exactly what they want because that long tail keyword is giving me a clue into why they're searching, not just what they're searching, but why they're searching. Right. And I feel like that's actually how we've started to build out our content strategy and you know our search marketing strategy really overall at Digital Marketer is kind of focusing in on what are the questions that marketers are asking and how can we help answer those questions because we serve marketers. So that's been kind of our whole idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So you might get a lot of searches for digital marketing as a mm -hmm. keyword phrase, but probably not a whole lot of intent. Those are like tire kickers. Those are people that are just looking for generalized information. It might not be looking for something that digital marketer has to offer, like a lead magnet on something revolving around digital marketing. But what is a digital marketing strategy? That's really intent-based. And even though it's far less as far as searches go per month, chances are you're probably going to get higher conversions with ranking for that type of keyword as you would for digital marketing. Is that safe to assume? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right on the money. And that's exactly what we're trying to focus on is what are those longer tail keywords that still have like a decent, I mean, 20, don't get me wrong, 2,900 searches a month is still decent search mm -hmm. volume. So it's yeah. finding that like key spot of, you know, what's too much that's going to be too broad, but too little that we're not going to, you know, it'll be too difficult to convert, you know, three searches a month, for example, right. <laughs> to try to like bank on Google ranking us for three searches a month. Right. So you want that like happy, that middle zone. Yeah. I mean, if you do this right, like, if you're ranking for what is digital marketing strategy, you might be able to rank for, depending on what the content is of that page that you're trying to rank for it, maybe a longer tail keyword is, what's a good digital marketing strategy for an ad agency? Like that's a very exactly. long keyword. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really long tail phrase, but 
let's say in that article, you're ranking for like the core, which is what is digital marketing strategy, but then maybe you have like a part of it that talks about an ad agency or whatever it happens to be in the article. Chances are you might actually get some rankings for that. And so even though that search term that somebody might search for is probably tiny, if not any, might not be like anything. It might be like you said, like three searches a month kind of thing. You're still going to get those people in need. They're even higher intent based, even though the search volume is lower. So digital marketing itself, I don't know where digital marketer actually stands on like the ranking for that. Like that's a big keyword phrase and there's a ton of competition. So the really cool thing about what you just said is that Yes, like when you're building out content, for example, if we were, you know, we have built out content for what is a digital marketing strategy and you'll rank for the longer tail keywords too, you know, for an ad agency or what is the digital marketing strategy for content or for email, for copywriting. But as you start to build out those different sectors or different pieces of content based around what is a digital marketing strategy, you're obviously going to need multiple hopefully multiple pieces of content in order to explain, you know, what a full strategy is. But as you're building out, the term digital marketing is within that long tail keyword. So we are now actually ranking for the higher volume keyword. I think we're give or take the day in the search results. We're usually like two or three for that key term. But that's because we've built out a lot of smaller pieces based around these long tail keywords. And then as people with high intent start to come to these smaller pieces of content, we're essentially building up our authority because we're providing them relevant content and they're clicking and staying. They're not bouncing because it's giving them what they wanted. And then eventually now we're ranking for the term digital marketing because we are providing digital marketing content for these high intent keywords. Yeah. So it almost, it works both ways. You know, you start in this like happy middle or what we like to call, well, I'm not sure if anyone's ever heard this term, but like the chunky middle. So not like the really like broad keywords or the extra, extra long tail keywords, but that chunky middle. And then you end up getting the really long high intent keywords and also the broad keywords as you start to build out your strategy. It just kind of naturally happens, which is, I think the really cool thing about SEO. That sounds like a Ryanism right there. The chunky middle. <laughs> the chunky middle. I actually, it might be a Russ Henneberry uh, oh. special. <laughs> wow. Tip of the cap to Rushy. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, we were talking about eating your own dog food before. That's like, you know, what we talk about before these shows, we should actually probably record that and put an episode together because it's probably more interesting than the show itself sometimes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, very cool. Well, by the way, I mean, if you actually do search for digital marketing, even in the incognito window, you guys are right up there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Good. I'm you glad it, I'm know glad what it you're came doing. up and it's I wasn't. It's amazing. Got a guest that knows what they're doing here on this show. It's incredible. All right. So let's get right into it. Like, how do you actually do this? Like, what are the pros and cons? Like, give us like the chunky middle of like the strategy here as much as possible. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about some examples that you've used and digital marketing is a pretty good example. Everyone listening to the show who isn't driving might be actually searching Google for digital marketing just to make sure that we're actually... Uh, we're eating our <laughs> own not dog telling food. Telling the truth, right? <laughs> I know it's always so. You're like taking a gamble when you say that you rank for a certain keyword because everyone's search algorithm <laughs> is different. So you're like, oh, please show up yeah, on please. someone else's search result. <laughs> so how do you do it? How do you leverage Bert and not Ernie 
in this case. So it's kind of cool that this algorithm came out when it did, because it kind of affirmed our, you know, relatively new strategy that we've been working on. You know, the strategy is based off what questions are marketers asking. So if you are within the digital marketer community, you might have seen that Ryan had posted within our engaged community, like, hey, what questions are you asking as a marketer? And we even did it internally at the office. So, you know, our step one in this whole process of this strategy that we're building out is brainstorm a list of at least 25 frequently asked questions for or from people in your industry. So because we are kind of like a funny business model and the fact that we are marketers marketing to marketers. Very meta. (laughs) Yeah, very meta. Exactly. Very meta. So we did it internally and we were like, what questions are you asking as an email marketer, as a copywriter, as a product manager, you know, as a content coordinator, what questions are you asking? And we built out, you know, our list ended up being, I think, maybe 150 questions long. So it was Mm. a little more difficult to, you know, parse down, but just starting out with even 25 questions of what are the questions people are asking in your industry will really help you kind of hone in on what are people's pain points. And then that essentially helps you be able to start answering the questions. But before I move on to kind of like the step two and how we're answering the questions, I think a really easy way to figure out what questions people are asking are, well, there's two ways. One, you can you can just ask what people are having problems with, but also just within Google Search Console, I feel like it's a really underutilized tool. You can actually see what people are searching for when they hit your site. So regardless of whether they're bouncing or not, you can actually see like core keywords that people search for when they hit the digital marketer site is actually digital marketing strategy. So hmm. we knew right off the bat that we needed to create content around how to build out a digital marketing strategy. But this tool is so cool because, well, you can see people's intent of what they are physically searching in Google. And essentially, I mean, obviously it helps if you're ranking because then, you know, that's why they're clicking through to your website. But you can see exactly the key terms that they're searching. And you can also see if it's off. So if people are hitting your website for key terms that aren't necessarily relevant to your industry, you can start to pivot your content strategy or, you know, your Facebook strategy or paid ad strategy because you're might not be targeting the right people based on the right key terms or you're not really, you know, might not be answering the right questions, if that makes sense. Yeah. So essentially just the step two is we've been just recording videos in order to answer those questions. And then we've been posting them on social. If you follow us on Instagram, you can see some of what we we're calling like our tactical whiteboards. And we just been answering these questions that we found that people and marketers in general have. And you can post them anywhere. You can post them on YouTube and use it as a YouTube strategy. You can post them on social. And we've started running them on our paid ads too. And that's a whole different thing that I can get into on how closely correlated organic and paid is. But, you know, I think just allowing your customers to see that you can provide value by answering their pain points right off the bat, I think is something that'll just help you start to build authority. And then our step three in just like a real easy three-step process is just turning those videos into like fully fleshed out posts that go deeper into the answers that your customers are searching for. So you can either just transcribe them and like fill in the gaps of what might not have been answered within, you know, a five to 10 minute video on answering this question, or you can just take the script that you might've had and beef up the script. And then you have, 
you know, you either have a blog post or you've essentially just created some kind of product. I think it's really that easy. Like you just have to essentially just answer the pain points of your customers in order to start building some rapport with them. And that's what search engine, you know, optimization is really all about. It's just gaining that authority for not only the algorithms to trust you, but your customers to trust you. So they keep coming back and you build that brand loyalty, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's helpful and useful. I mean, that's kind (laughs) of where we're going here. And we, you know, we talk about that a lot with paid ads. It's like, hey, if you can approach cold traffic with something that's helpful and useful, or even answers a question that they have. And I I see a lot of tie-ins here with content hook ideas you know, ideas for products on the paid side of this whole thing as well, which Mm is, I don't know if we necessarily have time to get into all that, but absolutely, because these are intent-based terms. These are people that, if you can figure out like what the intent-based terms are and then match that intent-based terms with something that you can either offer them as an opt-in or a product or solves that problem, this is going back to like Eugene Schwartz breakthrough advertising kind of stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, this is sort of full circle. It goes, works on Facebook, works obviously through the SERPs as well. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. (laughs) So it totally makes sense. And it's more logical past the really scary sounding name, which I still, I'm going to have a hard time remembering if I didn't write it down. (laughs) But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think Google has, has realized that, well, you know, we really do have to, if we are going to continue to prosper and grow and be useful and and maintain our status as the number one search engine, we really do have to be useful and actually, you know, change our algorithm to the way that people are actually searching and reward them with the best content, which is sort of the next step here. But um, yeah, so that totally makes sense. So just to reiterate, so it's really, it's sort of a three steps. You go brainstorm a list of your frequently asked questions. You say it's probably about 25 or so as you know, you guys came up with hundreds, but whittled it down, record videos, answering those questions. And then the third step is to go deeper into the answers with some really chunky content. So one of the things that I think people have a question on is where do you actually find on your website or in your analytics, like what people are searching for to come to your site? Is there a specific within Google Analytics or within WordPress? Or like, where do you guys go for those sorts of things to be able to create content or chunkier content around those types of questions? Yeah, so it's actually within Google Search Console. So I feel like those two get mixed up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So Google Analytics and Google Search Console, they are two separate platforms. So you do have to set your website up on Google Analytics as well as Google Search Console. But Google Search Console is free. And then within Google Search Console, you'll be able to just, I'm not sure what the dropdown is called, but I think it's just like you can press like search query. I think it might actually just be called search query within the platform of Google Search Console. And it just pops up a list of the queries that people have searched, like physically typed into Google and then hit your site. And then you can click over within that tab on Google Search Console, you can click over to pages and then you can click through to like what the physical URL is that they were hitting. Got it. It's so simple, but it's so useful to see, like, am I actually getting the people into my site who have searched for a relevant key term? And then do I need to pivot based on what I'm seeing the people who've come in search for? 100%. Yeah. I mean, it is relatively simple and it's common sense at the same time. And like, why wouldn't you do it? Yes. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, I think that SEO in general, because you have these like even the word algorithm or like natural language processor or bi-directional encoder representations, like you get these really long terminology, like these, this like 
really ridiculous terminology within SEO, but really it's, it's common sense, which is what I've said to so many of my coworkers over the past few years of like, really, like once you understand the terminology, it's really not, it's not difficult. It's just like, once you like understand what the terminology is, it's really just very simple, very simple common sense kind of strategies. Right. Yeah, it's, it's true. (laughs) One way to sort of relate this back to my life is that I was in medical for 20 years. So it's like, I'm the designated medical translator guy. So when somebody has some kind of medical issue, I'm the one who deciphers what it is that's actually going on. When in fact, I probably know like, I don't know, a handful of medical terms, but they are all sound like scary, but nobody else knows them. So I'm like, yeah, what that means is you have an inflamed foot. Yes. You know, like that's what you got. So it's, uh, it's the same kind of thing here. Like if you, if you get, you know, Bert out of the way and it's long name, really at the core of it, it's kind of simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not simplistic. I mean, it's still, it's strategic at the same time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going through these three steps here, but majority of people probably don't do this. So for you guys, how did you kind of find it? I know like there's certain types of questions that seem to be very much related to what, you know, digital marketer gives people for content and lead magnets and products and all that. So how did you kind of take it to the next step and maybe take us through an example of a page that you guys used and is now actually ranking? And of course, now that we actually mention it, whatever the URL is for the you know the term, then Google's going to change its algorithm. But maybe get into a little bit more specifics on how you did it with a specific page. Yeah. So this whole like three-step strategy kind of came about because what we were doing on the blog was what my managing editor and I effectively referred to is our what is strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but essentially, it was just our long tail keyword searches strategy. So basically, what happened was when I first started Digital Marketer as an SEO manager, I don't remember if it was Rich or Ryan who came up to me and was like, hey, I really want to rank for the term digital marketing. Like if you can just get me on page one for digital marketing. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> right. As an SEO, you're like, oh no. Oh, when God. someone asks you like, I just need you to get me on page one. And like, that's that's all I want. You're like, oh, br- oh brother. Especially when a search term has 450,000 searches. You're like, what have I done? That's precisely um, the reason why I started doing Facebook and Instagram advertising because <laughs> of customers <laughs> like Richard. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Well, one, fortunately, our URL is digital marketer. So I can't, I have to say, yeah, that helps a little bit. But basically, I started working with our then content team to build out our what is strategy. And basically what it was is we knew that what was going to rank for the term digital marketing was our ultimate guide. So at Digital Marketer, we have a guide called the ultimate guide to digital marketing. And within this guide, it has all the different chapters of marketing. So there's a chapter on content marketing, a chapter on email marketing, but it wasn't quite there. Actually, it was on, I think it was on page two or three. So we were so close to being on page one and being able to rank for that term, digital marketing, but it wasn't quite getting us there. So what we did was we built out blog posts for what is digital marketing, what is content marketing, what is email marketing, because that is the way that people were searching within the search results. And then from there, we just linked them. So from the blog post, what is digital marketing? 
we linked it back to our ultimate guide to digital marketing, which, you know, in SEO is very similar to just a um, content cluster structure or, a you know, ultimate guide being our pillar post, mm-hmm. which is essentially just the bigger piece of content that has multiple chapters and multiple pages. It's essentially a guide or an ebook that I'm just linking back to within my site. But we started creating these blog posts around what is because people generally search Google with questions. They don't actually type in like, oh, what would be useful to me? Maybe an ultimate guide for digital marketing would be useful to me. No, they're typing in what is digital marketing or what is content marketing or can someone please explain to me what copywriting is versus what content marketing is. And as we started to build out these blog posts of what is the using these long tail, longer tail keywords, the ultimate guide started coming up the ranks um, Mm. because we were linking to it. So like if you want more information on what is digital marketing, go over to our ultimate guide because it's ultimate. It has everything you could ever need within this guide. And that's essentially what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, right? Like as you start to build out content for that chunky middle, you end up getting ranked for the extra long tail keywords, but also the broader keywords. And that was the whole strategy. So we started building out these blog posts that were very specific to searcher intent. And it's also, I mean, generally Google actually released a, speaking of algorithm updates, they released an algorithm update based on uh, featured snippets, which is just that like box at the top that answers the question when you type something into Google. But creating these blog posts actually also got us a lot of featured snippets at the time because Featured snippets are generally answering a question. So when we were creating blog posts that answer a question, not only were we getting our ultimate guide bumped up, but we were also getting the featured snippet for the specific what is blog post. So we were getting dual benefit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And a featured snippet, just for those of us who aren't as <laughs> as familiar with it, I know relatively what it is, but just explain that to the audience. Yeah, so... Basically, within Google search results, it used to just be what is called 10 blue links. So when you type something into Google, you'd get 10 blue links on a search result page. But now we're starting to see things that are a little bit more rich. And what that means is that you might have like a carousel of videos that you might be able to click through based on what you searched for because the video is relevant, not just the links. And a featured snippet is essentially just a box at the top above essentially the 10 blue links. And it answers the question so you actually don't even have to click into one of the links. And that's also Google trying to play around with searcher intent, right? Like you don't even have to click into a website. You can just get the answer to your question within the search result and don't have to go any further. So it's just that box at the top that generally has like a picture on the right and then answers a question on the left. Yeah, I think we've all seen it now that we actually know what it is. Now we can actually (laughs) label exactly what it is. No, but that's very helpful. And obviously that is like, that's gold right there. If you get the featured snippet, you're pretty much, you know, you're, you're in good standing for that particular keyword phrase, hundred percent. Yeah. It's SEO, SEO gold, especially because as Google is trying out these different, you know, algorithm updates, sometimes it's harder to get people to click through because they're answering the question within the search results. So if you're the brand that answers the question, then you're getting that much more kind of authority and, you know, brand recognition because you actually get, usually there's an image with a featured, featured snippet. Mm -hmm. So you're getting brand recognition without people even having to click through. So yeah, it's definitely an important part of SEO, but 
it can happen, you know, just by literally answering a question. <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, all things being equal, I mean, for example, like Digital Marketer has a lot of authority as a site. So for somebody like Digital Marketer versus somebody who's just starting, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit easier for you guys. Or am I misspeaking there with that? Because you guys have backlinks from everywhere, you know, like all the stuff <laughs> like we're not going to get into here, but like other sites linking to your site, which is called a backlink, which is like sort of the game that we used to play 10 years ago yep. with all kinds of black hat <laughs> stuff. Digital Marketer has lots of those, which is like authority to Google because lots of people are linking to your posts and your pages. And that digital marketing search term is a post that's like, I don't even know how many words it is. It's gotta be like 50, 60, 70,000 words. So it's a huge authority piece. Um, (laughs) But having said that, like digital marketer has a lot of power behind their site right now. So can somebody who's new at this recreate this same kind of strategy is what I'm kind of getting at. Oh, absolutely. And 100%, you're not wrong. We are very lucky in the sense that we do. We have a lot of authority based on our brand and what the company has built up. But I think the really cool thing, and also just the cool thing about Burt in general, is that it really is playing, I think, to the strengths of smaller companies. And the strategy is very, like, it's scalable either direction, if that makes sense. Because you're going to be able to answer a question. And the longer tail you get, the easier it is to rank. So what you have to do is kind of start at the long tail and then build up into the broad. And as you're building up into the broad, you get more search volume and then therefore get more organic traffic. And, you know, I think based on like the size of your business and how much general traffic you bring in, you would generally start with lower search volume keywords, but high intent. So based on what questions your customers are asking, especially if you're in like a niche market, you might have, you know, 150 to 300 search volume a month. So only, you know, 150 people are searching for a specific key term. But if only 150 people are searching for a specific key term, your chances of them clicking on your site is that much higher because not that many people are competing for that space within the search results, you know, generally speaking, because it would seem to be a niche market because, you know, not that many people are searching for it. So the opportunity is high is what I'm trying to say. So I think it can definitely work for any size business. You, it's just a matter of like scaling the keywords appropriately. Got it. Yeah, a hundred percent. So in this strategy, can we use like an example of a keyword phrase that you guys really wanted to rank for? And it was longer tail, maybe not like uber long tail, but long tail was, you know, some, you know, significant search volume and how you guys sort of use this strategy to rank for it. And obviously, you know, these results are going to fluctuate. I mean, it's always going to be that way, right? So if you go do your Google search after you listen to this episode, you might not see it there. But the point is, is that like, this is a strategy that you're actually really doing. So let's use an example of one of these ones. Maybe it is like, what is digital marketing strategy? But, or you just use an example of, of, you know, what you've been able to be successful at to get some good rankings. So I think, you know, just to speak to like how we're able to rank for higher volume keywords, I think a really good example of what we've done kind of using the strategy is trying to rank for the term customer. I think it was customer value journey. And I believe that is a key term we actually came up with, like the journey part of it. So not that many people were searching for it, right? 
And generally when you search for it, like if you're using like an SEO tool, like the customer value journey, digital marketer actually has 30 searches a month, Mm -hmm. but that's one of our most trafficked blog posts. (laughs) So basically what we did is, well, one, we created the customer value journey and then we created a blog explaining the customer value journey. And recently we even created a blog called the customer value journey explained in 800 words or less, Mm. because we knew that if we kind of created this own term and we wanted people to search for it, then we needed to explain it. (laughs) And generally people would search in Google for customer value journey explained. So we created a blog post called customer value journey explained. Ah, Uh, So you use your own strategy to even outdo yourself. Yes, exactly. And while that actual key term doesn't have much volume, we're getting a lot of traffic from it because when people are looking for customer value journey explained, we have an explanation for them right off the bat. And they're not just getting, you know, an image of the customer value journey or the worksheet or even just like the landing page of when people can enter lab or log into lab. Mm. Um, They're actually getting value out of the search results. So we're using that searcher intent in order to build up the search volume, not even build up the search volume, but build up that authority or trust, I think is the word I'm looking for, that trust with our customers that we're going to provide you with exactly what you're looking for. Exactly. Well, no, I think you guys are really good at even like inventing terms and then creating your own like market for them on Google. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I think I think the cool thing is so I, I just I'm out of curiosity. I typed in just customer value journey into mm-hmm. Google and it has uh, like 260 searches a month. Hmm. So, I mean, even us as like a relatively bigger brand, we're still using those lower search terms for greater value. Absolutely. Because they probably know that term. I mean, I think Ryan coined it, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> so the intent of somebody who's searching for that might be way higher. Let's say it's a hundred times higher than probably somebody who's searching for digital marketing, which means you're that much closer to a conversion or, you know, creating a custom audience from a Facebook perspective, because everyone's pixeled anyway, even if you're not, you know, running ads <laughs> to it. The point exactly. is, is that it, it all works and it's thousands upon thousands of these tiny longer tail keyword phrases that add up to a lot of volume, right? Yep. And for you guys, it's in the hundreds of thousands a month. I don't know what your search traffic is, but it's it's a lot at this point. (laughs) Yeah, we are very, (laughs) yes, it is. I think the cool thing is, um, as we started to build out the strategy, especially with this what is strategy and building out like what is digital marketing and what is copywriting, what Mm -hmm. is email marketing? As we started to build out these posts, you know, we could see just the broader term digital marketing creeping up in the search results. But as we were seeing creep up in the search results, like once it hit the bottom of page one, you can see like a little spike in our traffic. And then like the traffic continued to grow as the digital marketing key term continued to rank higher because we were grabbing onto that broader term. So while we were getting a lot of traffic from our what is post, we were also, you know, grabbing on those broader terms, which is, it's really cool to see the correlation, I think. That's awesome. And for you as an SEO, like hardcore SEO. Um, yeah, wipe wipe the sweat off your brow. You're right. like, oh, it works. Even though you're now a director of marketing, I get it. I'm sure you probably still look at that. You're like, yeah, like that's satisfying. It's a pretty, pretty proud moment. Yeah. No, this is great. This is super helpful, super instructive. And 
it's a lot of common sense, which is good. Like we try not to get things too techy here. And I think before we, we hit record today, you're like, ah, I hope I don't geek out too much on this stuff. I don't think you <laughs> did at all. And I think this has been explained extremely well. And anybody can do it, not just like the big guys like Digital Marketer out there, people that are looking for these longer tail keyword phrases. It doesn't matter how much traffic you really get to your site. It matters like how much you sell, right? Isn't that the, yes. the end of the day? Like that's it. So yes. more volume typically means you sell more, but you know, when you're first starting out, uh, that's probably not going to be the case unless you pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a domain that's already, you know, got a long history and, and all those <laughs> yeah. other sorts of things. So no, this has been very, very cool. And I think for everything that we mentioned here in the show notes, we'll probably have a couple of outbound links to other places that you can search for some of these other phrases that we mentioned here in the show. And, you know, if you're really into SEO, you're really into content marketing and want to learn more about that as a, either a standalone strategy or in concert with other media buys like Facebook, Instagram, Google, you name it, where can they get more information about that and learn a little bit more about what you do, Amanda? Digitalmarketer.com, number one. But in terms of just like, you know, more S, I mean, we have a workshops on a few different SEO strategies but then in general, like I learned SEO, like the first thing I read on SEO was Moz's beginner guide to SEO. Yeah. And I loved that. I mean, I learned a lot from that. So a fun story that I always told Ryan was that the first time I interviewed for an SEO position, I like thought I had it down pat and was like, okay, I, I like want to learn SEO and I don't know anything about it, but like I've researched some SEO tools and I think I can speak to it enough because I've done content marketing and I went into the interview and I interviewed at this you know, tech company. And they were like, at the end of the interview, they're like, you don't know anything about SEO, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 no, I don't. Number one, but number two, like I can learn just like, please I will give learn. Me a shot. Right. And they were like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to read the beginner's guide to SEO from Moz. And we're going to come back and we're going to redo the interview. <laughs> and I did, I read this like 50 page beginner's guide to SEO. And I came back and, you know, eventually got the job, which was great. And because that's where I learned SEO. And then eventually how I got the job at Digital Marketer. But yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, really cool tools. I mean, we have like a search marketing course at Digital Marketer and a few workshops. But if you're really just diving in, like the like the beginner's guide is a really good place to start, I think. I don't mind like giving Moz a little boost. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I, when I was first starting, like Whiteboard Fridays are like a regular yes. for me. And to be fair, like all of these like questions that we're answering based on this like three-step strategy, we're doing them on whiteboards and all I can think about is Whiteboard Friday yeah. and Rand Fishkin yeah. <laughs> drawing out like these SEO strategies with a handlebar mustache. <laughs> That's true. I actually met him at a conference like 10 years ago. I was so nervous. My hands were like all sweaty. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you, Rand. <laughs> and Neil Patel was there. The same sort of that was totally, no, I'm like, hey, Neil. Um, yeah, they're like the, yeah, the like rock stars of the SEO world. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. No, this is great. So yeah, so all the, the resources that we mentioned here will, will to some links, obviously Moz is an easy one, but also maybe some cool posts that uh, Amanda's written or some of the people at Digital Marketer have written about this a little bit more. You can go to the show notes at uh, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And uh, this has been episode 228 Amanda Powell, thanks for bringing the goods here. This has been great. And our first of what I think should be many, you know, <laughs> SEO related, but we'll always kind of tie it back to paid advertising 
episodes of Perpetual Traffic. So it's been a lot of fun having you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really fun. I loved it. Cool. Well, good. Well, this has been uh, episode 228. Like I said, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 228. Go to the show notes. All the good stuff is going to be there. Thanks again, Amanda. Until next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. focused on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season, when probably what you should be doing is keeping an eye out towards the plan that you have for 2024. Now, we here at Perpetual Traffic want to help you make 2024 the best business year you've ever had online and help you do that through everything that we talk about here on this podcast. Well, for 10 lucky businesses, we are going to offer through the end of the year, January 1st is our cutoff date. We are offering 10 free audits for 10 lucky businesses. We will go through everything from all of your ad spend on all your social platforms. We'll do everything on your website, analyze all your CRO, as well as look at your data, how you're tracking, as well as look at your email sequences, everything associated with your digital marketing, wrap it up into an audit, give you a score and tell you exactly where you most need to improve. And we are offering this to 10 businesses for free through the end of the year. In order to get your free audit, head on over to tier11.com, fill out the application and make mention in the actual notes section that you heard about this promo for the free audit on perpetual traffic and we'll bump you to the front of the line. Now this is for 10 businesses only. We have a limit of 10. We literally do not have more capacity to be able to do more than that because I actually do have to give my people between Christmas and New Year's off. So they've got to work really quickly. So the quicker you can get this and submit it, the better. And we're going to take the first 10 that apply. So make sure you head over to tier11.com forward slash audit. For your free audit, we will look at every aspect of your digital marketing, give you a rating, and then give our recommendations as to what you can improve so you have the best year ever in 2024.